this week we're talking about miso. The only pantry raid entry that I see repeatedly is a one word answer. And when I see just one word, I think it's more like, tell me anything to do with this, please. Which is kind of wild because you can do everything with miso. It's incredibly versatile. I bought my first tub of miso a couple years ago and instantly fell in love. I eat it smeared on top of candy and straight out of the tub. And I put it in really a wide variety of things. I posted on my social media pretty soon after I bought it, challenging people to tell me something they thought miso would be bad in. I took it to heart and I made pretty much everything people said. And it was all good. To this day, I'm yet to put miso in something and think, wow, miso really doesn't belong in that. We're going to talk all about it with my friend and chef, Jess Benefield, who owns 210 Jack and the Green Pheasant here in Nashville. Jess, how do you want me, like what credentials do you want me to give you? I've been working in restaurants in general for about 22 years and done everything from, you know, everything front of the house to everything back of the house and just kind of naturally gravitated towards the back of the house as a career choice. I met a really great mentor chef who introduced me to and got me focused on Japanese uh, cooking in general. And then once I started traveling to Japan, I just felt, you know, found myself completely in love with the people and the culture and the heated toilet seats. and the heated toilet seats. Jess has the only restaurant in town <laughs> with heated toilet seats. <laughs> They're pretty much the best. Today, we're going to talk about miso. Let's do it. Uh, Jess just had a collaboration with Goo Goo Clusters. She made a miso Goo Goo Cluster and what all was in it? So it had a, a fig jam when we were collaborating on it over the summer. We were looking at what ingredients were going to be in season uh, coming into like mid-September and figs was just right there kind of glaring at us. And who doesn't love a fig Newton? I, I really was after that perfect little kind of chewy center and it goes so well with miso uh, when you think about like a miso caramel. So we wanted something crunchy too. We put a puffed rice in there, um, but kind of at the center of it all, that that perfect little gooey mess in the middle was um, that miso caramel. So fig and miso caramel, puffed rice, milk chocolate, and then it had a mochi marshmallow. So real chewy, extra chewy little marshmallow. That's what I'm going to call the recipe for this week. Perfect little gooey mess. That's it. And you can get that <laughs> recipe by subscribing to my newsletter at the bottom of hmmessenger.com. It goes out every Wednesday. I guess that's a really good place to start to talk about why miso is good with sweet things because mm -hmm. it has two main elements, salt and umami. And I think that's really why it confuses people so much. It's really rare to find umami so isolated. And if you're my age and you grew up learning that there were only four tastes, so it's hard to learn that as an adult, that there is a fifth taste and what to do with it. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Umami is something that's always been there. And it's kind of always been that thing that you can't put your finger on. You just, you don't know um, what it is that's giving some depth of flavor. You don't know what it is that is changing this dish so much. You don't know what it is about it, but it just is brought to life by it. Um, and it's, you know, not to get off on tomatoes real quick, but I mean, it's... Um, you know, one of the reasons that it's so important to use like an in-season tomato and when tomatoes are gone for the year, they're gone because they're not full of umami then. They're just little, you know, 
water boxes basically and that have just been made to be the color red so you want it to, you know the foods that are so rich in umami like miso and you know shiitake mushrooms tomatoes um you know you you want to have them when they're ready and when they're perfect would you say that maybe the the ingredient that we're familiar with that is most comparable to miso would be Worcestershire sauce. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, soy sauce, Worcestershire sauce, mm-hmm. um, those really strong, bold flavors. Because again, like, and you know, some of the Worcestershires, if you make Worcestershire at home, a lot of people use anchovy and anchovy, sardines, all of those things are also just totally umami bombs. But yeah, I mean, anything that's got, you know, high level of soy in it is definitely going to be something that is going to set off all the umami triggers. And tell me about different kinds of miso. There's white miso and red miso. And what's the difference? Well, so there's a whole slew of misos. There's, they're really, I mean, it runs the gamut, but the most basic misos that you would find in any kind of Asian grocer without, you know, looking really at a specialty store um, would be white and red. Uh, Sometimes you'll find one called awasi, and that's a blend of the white and the red. So the white would probably say shio miso on there somewhere or aka miso for the red. And, uh, White is just younger than red. It really just has, it's just as simple as the age. And is there a right or wrong place to use either one of those things? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I I think it would be more appropriate just, um, you know, just as there's a lot of white wines that go well with red meat and a lot of red wines that go well with fish, uh, you know, you just would want to be careful what it is you're pairing it with. If I were making, um, you know, like a white chicken chili, I would probably use a white miso or something. I would, I would throw a couple tablespoons of that in there. And, you know, if you're making a beef chili, you know, you could use either, but I would probably lean towards using the red miso and something like that. That's a good way of thinking about it. Can you use miso just anywhere you would use salt? Um, you can. It's being a paste. You might think about it differently. I mean, sometimes you just want a really perfect little piece of, you know, grilled fish or something. And, and you could just put miso on it very simply and put it in your refrigerator for a couple hours. If you just spread a thin layer of white miso over a piece of salmon, you could just then rinse it off, pat it dry, let it air dry for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And it's going to really impart a whole another level, level of flavor. Okay. That is such a good point. Uh, Miso has three different things it does. It adds salt, it mm-hmm. adds umami, and it penetrates. It does. It definitely really does. Well, like, I don't know if y'all have seen salt, fat, acid, heat. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, that is your homework. Obsessed. The episode about salt, um, there's a demo for miso eggs and they're amazing. Um, miso really gets down into anything it comes into contact with. And that's why it's so good for marinating meat, fish, and eggs. Mm-hmm. With miso, I mean, you can even, we, we leave, oh, you know, whole cloves of garlic buried down in miso for six months and then throw them on the grill and it just changes it. It makes it super sweet and soft. And then when you grill it, it just gets really nice and golden brown on the outside and gives it like a little bit of a crunch on the outside and it's super sweet and soft all the way through. So it does all kinds of stuff. It works wonders on your food. Wow. Fruit. I mean, yeah, meat and vegetables. And apart from miso soup, what is a really good, attainable, traditional Japanese thing to do with miso? I mean, we pickle a lot of things with it. Um, I mean, obviously you've got miso soup, but we use it, um, we whip butter also. I mean, you can take any kind of, you know, chicken fat, pork fat, butter, even tofu. We take tofu and whip. silken tofu? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can whip like an extra firm silken tofu with a tablespoon or two and have that be 
awesome little vegan spread with tapenade, you know, on just some crackers or toasts. Um, having those little garlics, you can use, you know, any cucumbers. I think in the summer, the things that I'm trying to think what I have the most of always, it seems I always have a ton of tomatoes, uh, zucchini and squash. Everybody's always got a ton of zucchini and squash. They just get overly abundant and peppers. Super fun to ferment with miso. So you just bury it in miso. Mm-hmm. That's how you pickle anything in miso. Yeah. You can literally just take a, like a gallon size Ziploc bag and dump a whole thing of miso in there, just store-bought miso, um, put your veggies all in it, mix it up really good, and then just kind of like squish out as much of the air and put it in a little dark back corner of your refrigerator and forget about it. And in the winter, when you want some incredible veggies to add to anything or just even to, you know, saute at home with a quick stir fry, incredible. That is genius. I can't believe I've never heard that before. (laughs) Uh, But since I brought up miso soup, that brings us to this week's segment of Don't Buy This. Don't buy it. Don't buy powdered miso soup. Jess, why not? Well, there's just no point. It's not that it, you know, it, it serves a purpose just like, you know, packaged ramen does. But, you know, it's quick, it's simple, but it's really not that much more quick or more simple than having some miso simply at your house and any kind of vegetable broth or, or, you know, chicken broth, fish broth, any kind of stock that you've got, even just a nice box of organic vegetable stock, mixing in a tablespoon of that with mixing in a tablespoon of miso with that broth, just, just as quick and easy. And it actually has health benefits to it versus being, you know, just salt adding, you know, 400% of your salt. Yeah. Daily salt intake. Yes. That's why it's good at penetrating things because it's alive. That's right. It's so it's, you know, it's alive, it's a natural fermentation. So you're, you are actually getting, you know, the health benefits behind it instead of just incorporating a whole lot of salt into your daily diet. I love salt so much. I know it's really good. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in a meat and three and I ate like really old fashioned casserole instead of baby food. And I'm totally numb to salt. Like I can never eat enough salt. (laughs) It's a problem. (laughs) Well, it's important in your diet too. You have to have sodium to survive, but you don't need to have, you know, a thousand percent of your recommended daily intake every day. You don't need to. I do. I don't consult your doctor. I'm not a doctor. Now that we've gone over all the theoretical ways to use miso, let's talk about some really super practical ones. First of all, Jess's husband just told me that he takes unsalted peanut butter and blends miso into it and just eats it on toast. Yeah. Amazing. Mind blowing. Yeah. (laughs) Game changer. What? Yeah. Put Uh, that, pack that in your kids' lunches. uh Uh-huh. That would be great with fig jam. It would be great peanut with butter fig and jam. jelly. Miso peanut butter and jelly. That's making me want a goo goo. Mm-hmm. I love those. Me too. I love goo goo so much. There's going to be goo goo clusters also in this this week's recipe. Yum. So get ready to go out and buy some. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Whipping it with butter is one of my favorite things. Uh, any kind of for if you're going to make peanut butter cookies, there's no reason to not have miso in it oh, at God. this point. Yes. Um, it's just. You just should. You should try it. So the butter that you're going to use or the peanut butter that you're going to use, simply whip it with a little bit of miso in there also. And that could be red or white. It wouldn't matter. You know, I would try it with both and see and just do two, you know, two half batches. Just mix in a little bit of miso and see what happens. It's probably 99.9% of the time not going to be a negative thing. Okay. So two things. First, before you start using miso, Try a tiny bit just to understand mm-hmm. how rich and salty it is. Add it a little bit at a time and um, do what tastes right to you. 
Yeah. I like a lot of miso because I like a, a lot of salt. Like I, I just love said. it. Um, and the second thing is now that you said miso butter, I remember that on my 30th birthday, all I wanted to do was take a bath in a cabin and eat a steak and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And I made miso butter potatoes, Anna, which is where Perfect. you slice potatoes really thin and just layer them with butter in a skillet and bake them. Sounds incredible. And it was great. Yeah. Okay. More practical applications. My friend Jesse Goldstein told me that you can make Caesar salad dressing with miso paste instead of anchovies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're you know using like a vegan aise or something as the base there, you can definitely make it vegan or vegetarian. Again, it just adds a super depth of flavor. And instead of using anchovy, which would that's you're really only incorporating that to get the umami flavor. It does add a little bit of fishiness to it. But, you know, some people, even though you, know, you might eat a lot of fish and you might be a total carnivore, that could still be a little off putting. So I love it with miso. Jess, can I just tell you that you convinced me that puffed rice cereal should go on top of everything? <laughs> Jess makes these Brussels sprouts. People who hate Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you know, we've them. converted lots of Brussels sprout like, haters. I love that. And they come with puffed rice cereal on top. Yeah. And so if I was making a miso Caesar salad dressing, I would make my Caesar salad and put puffed rice cereal on it instead of croutons because I cook like a high person. Absolutely. Definitely. Wouldn't that be so good? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, I, I, I use it on a lot of different things. I have, to, I have a hard time um, keeping myself disciplined and not putting it on things. So we have it. I think on two things on the menu here right now, and it would be five or six very easily if we weren't just like, shouldn't put it on all of it. It's already made an appearance. Got to cut back. Is that something I can request when I order side of puffed rice cereal? You could add a a side of puffed (laughs) rice cereal to any dish. (laughs) Thank you. We stopped recording for a second and then said something really helpful, which was how you start cooking with miso, which is you... Don't use salt and instead... Yeah, I would start your recipe um, anywhere you're going to use salt. Just hold back for a second. And if you're, you know, if the recipe is calling for a teaspoon of salt, maybe try a teaspoon of miso. Mix that in, you know, see where you're left. If you want to add a little bit more miso, by all means do it. Or you can kind of salt to taste. And Jess, I've had problems with miso because it's a paste and it doesn't just dissolve like salt. Sometimes I have problems getting whatever I add it to smooth, like there will be tiny chunks of miso. And how do you, how do you prevent that? So say if, um, you're making, let's say chicken pot pie and you want to add some miso in, which is wonderful. And I highly suggest that if you make chicken pot pie or any kind of little casserole esque, anything, pull out a little bit of, you know, the roux. So the hot sauce that you're, you know, you've got all of your vegetables and everything. And you pull out eighth of a cup or so of that and add in a tablespoon of miso and just kind of with the back of this a spoon in a bowl, get that spread out and get it incorporated really well. And then just pour that back into. So it's like a slurry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's so easy. It's very, very simple. But yeah, if you just put it right in there, that would be hard to incorporate it. Still wouldn't taste bad though. No, it still wouldn't taste bad. It would be like flaky salt, like delicious little bursts of saltiness. Yeah. I would eat it. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Would eat. For sure. (laughs) Uh, So this week's recipe is something you're so familiar with and you're going to freak out when you find out how good this is. It is miso cereal treats. Uh, Miso obviously goes really well with rice and really well with corn. And that's what most cereal is made of. And to add the salty, just like in the beginning of the episode, add the salty in with the sweet plus the umami. Yep. It makes a really wonderful dessert. Yeah, that sounds really great. I want to make those 
right now. Yeah. Need them. We should have made a batch. Right. <laughs> uh, so once again, to get the recipe for the miso cereal treats with Goo Goo Clusters, you can go to the bottom of my webpage, HM Messenger, and sign up for the newsletter, which goes out every Wednesday. Jess, thank you so much for being my guest today and for teaching me to put puff dry cereal on everything. <laughs> of course. Okay, so this is the only way to do downtown Nashville. Come to Green Pheasant, park in 222. Mm-hmm. Green Pheasant validates parking. So we sure do. Park yeah. for free downtown. Eat a Japanese 7-Eleven egg salad sandwich. Have a cocktail. Put your butt on a heated toilet seat. I'm never going to get over <laughs> that. I'm going to bring it up for many episodes to come. And then go wander around and do the honky tonks or go to, you know, oh, they're putting in an ice skating rink at Ascend for the winter. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I didn't so know that. ice skating on a Saturday afternoon and then coming in for a hot bowl of ramen. Sounds oh, yeah. Kind of exactly. I mean, not even, I'm biased, but that's exactly what I would want to do every day. Maybe that's what I'll do on my birthday. That's what you should do. My ice skating party is on December 3rd. This will not be the first time I have had an ice skating party for it. And all I want for my birthday is for you guys to pay me money for the podcast I make. More on that to come. (laughs) This episode was written by me, Hannah Messenger. Oh, side note, you guys, my friend Susan said, you keep saying visit hmmessenger.com, but no one knows how to spell your last name. It's M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. It was written by me, Hannah Messenger, with an I. Produced by Tony Gonzalez and sponsored by Goo Goo Cluster, which I highly recommend you eat with schmears of miso on top. Special thanks to my partner, Ivan, who lended me real recording equipment. And as always, join me on Monday on my Instagram stories to play Pantry Raid. Next week, we'll be talking about what to do with all of your Thanksgiving leftovers once you're sick of eating them. Keep cooking and make more food and less waste. (laughs) (laughs) Not that this is a direct connection, but because I have raging ADD, as you know from the first episode, Jess and I both have misophonia. It's true. It's not a fear of miso. No. Contrary to popular (laughs) belief. The opposite of that. (laughs) It is when you have, I think it's an actual brain disorder, isn't it? Oh, let's just say it is for sure. It's where you have a a disproportionate response to certain sounds and the most common one is eating, which means it's so weird that we both work in food because we hear people chewing and just you hear people slurping all the time, which is not okay. Thank goodness. The slurping doesn't, you don't get to choose them. And so what the triggers are, but thank goodness slurping doesn't seem to be too high on my scale. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just practice. Maybe I just know that it can't be one. So I've blocked it out. And to put that into perspective, it's not It's not like an, oh, I'm annoyed feeling. It is instantaneous, white, hot anger when you hear someone eating food. Full-blown rage. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of of intense chewing or heavy breathing during Mm -hmm. your chewing session. Throat clearing noises. Yeah. Throat clearing. I mean, just smacking in general. People with gum. No. Can't do the gum pops. I can't do pen clicks. Mm -mm. Mm-mm.